Welcome to Echoes of Holiness podcast. Thank you, Brother Strickler. We're really having a wonderful time. We've had such a glorious move of the Spirit in these services. I don't know how you could beat what we're having. Wonderful preaching, wonderful blessing, singing and shouting. Good place to sleep. Plenty of good food to eat. Plenty of good fellowship with God's people. That's as close as you're going to get to heaven till you get there. That's right. And so I'm going to continue on with the people of God. This is my choice. I've chosen to serve God and to fellowship with the people of God. I love the holiness people. And everywhere I go, I find that God's holy people have so much in common. There might be a few little differences in the way some worship, the way some do certain things, but overall, God's wonderful people that's been redeemed by the saving blood of Jesus Christ have so much in common. I've just cast my lot with them and said goodbye, world, goodbye. Praise the Lord. We thank Brother Stricter for this invitation. We're going to do our best to preach to you tonight. Haven't been feeling real well, but uh, we've got Brother Paul Marquis here tonight. And somebody told me just the other night, said, Brother Rich, you're really getting where you can preach a whole lot like Brother Paul Marquis. And so if I can't do it, well, I'll turn it to Brother Paul Marquis and let him do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we're just glad for all of the good ministers of the gospel. It makes me feel so good when I see God's men that I've known for some time continuing on in the same doctrine and the same faith and have not changed. So many, Brother Simmons, are changing. I don't know why when we've already got the best. When you've got the best, you don't look for anything else. I don't know whether Brother James Powers there is still driving Chrysler or not, are you? He told me one time, I said, I see you've got your new car, bought another Chrysler. And he said, yes, sir. Whenever you've already got the best, no use trading and trying to look for something else. Well, that's the way he feels about Chrysler. Well, praise God. If you have your Bibles tonight, praise the Lord. Amen. Would you stand once again and ask the Lord to kind of help me here tonight. Father, would you lay your hand upon us? Touch us tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. You may be seated in the book of St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16 there is a familiar portion of scripture says in verse 13 of that chapter when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples saying whom do men say that I the son of man am and they said some say that thou art John the Baptist some Elias Others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want to read from St. Matthew 9, 
St. Matthew 9. Verse 10, and it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and, and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul said, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came to save sinners. The Bible will further declare in other scriptures the primary purpose of Jesus being brought into this world was to seek and to save that which is lost. In our scripture setting tonight, Jesus is in the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples this question. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And he got many different answers. He said, they said, some say you're Jeremiah. Others say you're Elias. And then there's others that say you're John the Baptist. And some say you're one of the other prophets. But the Lord pulled it down closer. And he said, but whom say ye that I am? Now you've got to give Peter credit for being quick to speak. He said, thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. You're not telling me something that mama told you? You're not telling me the opinions of other men? But you have had a divine revelation? Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee? but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Catholic Church teaches that Jesus was speaking concerning Peter himself. But be it far from the truth The Lord was simply saying, Peter, you have had a divine revelation that I am the Son of God. And upon that divine revelation that I am the one who came to seek and to save that which is lost. That I am the one that come to call sinners to repentance. Upon that divine revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If the Lord will help me tonight, I want to preach on the master builder is building himself a church. Three things must be considered when you go to build. First of all, there must be a plan or a blueprint. Secondly, you must have A builder that has the ability to build. And thirdly, you must have material to build from. Yes, Jesus said, I will build my church. A positive statement. Not maybe I'll build or I hope to build, but I will he had the print he had the plan it was laid before the foundation of the world I said it was laid before the foundation of the world the Bible said in Ephesians 1 and 4 according 
as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy the bible said in luke 174 that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life before the foundation of the world was ever laid amen god had a plan and his plan was jesus his only begotten son who would become the foundation for the church of the living god hear him declare for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid which is jesus christ i believe the songwriter had it right when he said how firm a foundation ye saints of the lord let me tell you we've got something solid tonight something that will not sway yes he had the plan and then the ability of the builder jesus in seclusion in his father's carpenter's shop all of a sudden he steps out on the scene and says i will build myself a church well if don rich said he'd build a church there might be some question about my ability if you say you're going to build a church there might be some question about your ability to build if you're going to have a house or any type of building you must have a plan to go by but you can't just put anybody out there building amen you have to have someone who has some credentials that has the ability to build but jesus steps out on the scene and says i will build myself a church can he do it does he have the credentials probably never had made nothing but just a little stool or helped his father make a table or a yoke for oxen but he says i am going to build me a church not hope so not think so not maybe so but i will build i believe in spite of sin in 1989 he is building himself a church in spite of opposition in spite of communism in spite of moral declension in spite of false doctrine in spite of the charismatics in spite of the world's council of churches in spite of the vatican in spite of the compromising preachers in spite of the church splits i believe in 1989 the master builder is building himself a church when mr baker's empire fell the master builder just kept on building when mr swaggered fell the master builder just kept on building on the solid foundation and then he speaks through paul and said nevertheless the foundation of the lord stand assured having this seal that the lord knoweth them that are his and let everyone that nameth the name of the lord depart from iniquity and then we really got a shocker in the last few years some of our holiness men that we preach together with that we worship with they were found out in their sins but it did not stop the master builder he just kept on building oh i believe you've got some confidence in me or you will not have me here preaching but i must tell you the truth the master builder's not building his church on don rich or william strickler or lee strickler the foundation has already been laid jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone and he's building in spite are the supreme court's decisions for liberalism he just keeps on building hallelujah well i'm feeling some better now amen in spite of all of the worldliness that i see in the churches it doesn't stop the master builder from building on the true foundation 
he said I will build it amen if he could heal the sick if he could open blinded eyes if he fed 5,000 with a few loaves and fishes in the wilderness if he walked out on the water if he said destroy this body and in three days I'll raise it up again and they killed him my brothers and sisters on an old rugged cross put him in a tomb but on the third day he came out proving himself by many infallible proofs that he was alive I believe he's got the credentials to build the church so I believe I've qualified my builder and now I want to talk to you about the material not only do you have to have a builder that knows how to build but you've got to have material to build the building out of Oh, if I was going to build a church, I know what I'd do. I've traveled all over the country. I've preached in many, many churches. I'd go through and handpick me just a few from this church and a few from that church and a few from this church. Oh, but I'd probably end up in serious trouble. I used to pastor a church. I had a woman in that church. Oh, she was holding us in her dress, holding us in her attire. Brother, you could not put the, your finger on the way she dressed and looked in any way. But she could cause more trouble with her tongue than a Brahma bull in a china closet. And I had a visiting evangelist there. And one day we were sitting on the platform one evening. And she walked in and he nudged me. Said, I wished I had a church full just like that woman coming in there. Brother, if he'd had a church full like her, he would have had himself some church. Now, most builders, when they go to build, you'll see the real carpenters. They'll take that lumber and sight down it. They're looking for the straight. They threw out rejects, crooked, twisted, rotten. Oh, it goes in the reject pile. They cast it off. But the master builder is different. He's not looking for the straight, but he's looking for the crooked. He's looking for the broken. He's looking for the splintered. He's looking for the twisted. He's looking for the rejected. Amen. He said, bring me those sinners and put them in the hands of, of the master builder. And I'll build a church out of them. And I'll build a church so strong that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I think we made a mistake in the church thinking the Lord was looking for the straight. Amen. Looking for, oh, brother, he's looking for the cast off. He's looking for the rejected. He's looking for those that have broken lives, who's splintered and rotten and doty. Amen. Don't look fit to build anything out of. But see, he's a master builder. And he says, put them in my hands and I'll build a church so strong even though the gates of hell shall war against it it shall not prevail over the church that I shall build hallelujah oh yes in other words Jesus is kind of like a junk man <laughs> hallelujah do we have any true junk men here yeah, we got one. I mean, true junk man. You know, true junk man. He's not ever looking for anything good. He doesn't expect people to set new refrigerators out for him and new washing machines out for him. He doesn't expect them to go by and get a real nice chair that's still in workable use and real clean cover. A junk man is always looking for junk. 
Are you going to help me preach? I said a junk man is always looking for junk. But he always sees some good in somebody else's junk. Oh, yes, he does. I said he always sees some good in somebody else's junk. Amen. He's looking for junk. Oh, listen to me. Amen. Jesus is like a junk man. He's not out here to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Didn't I read to you that the, they that are whole need no physician, but they that are sick, amen, he's not looking, amen, for those that are already upright. He's looking for somebody that's willing to put their lives in his hands and let him mow them and put them in the church of the living God. Preacher friend of mine in Oklahoma City, talking to him one day and he said that in their home they had a plate which was a relic hanging on the wall he said that that had been in the family down through the years been passed on as a relic one day for some strange reason it slid off the wall and broke into about three or four pieces he said they picked up the pieces, didn't have time to repair it right then, put it in a box intending to repair it later. But as days turn into weeks and weeks to months and months into a year, it just became a nuisance. And finally, along with a lot of other junk, amen, they sent it out for the junk man. He said in months to come, he had a reason to go by and visit this junk man. He said when he knocked on the door, the wife said, come in, he's busy uh, taking a shower. Sit down here and wait, he'll be with you in a few moments. He said as he sat there and looked around on the walls, he spotted his plate, but it wasn't broken anymore. Amen. He looked at it closer and somebody said, I know that's it. Somebody's got a hold of that plate. Whenever that junk man came out, he asked him this question. He said, where did you get that plate? He said, I got it out of the junk. He said, that's my plate. And the junk man said, oh, no, it's not your plate. You cast it off in the junk. I picked it up. I took it. And I put it in the kill once again. I refired it and reglazed it and said, look how beautiful it is hanging on my wall. Said, come on through here. Let me show you something. Said, see that refrigerator over there making ice? Said, Guess where it come from? Said it come out of the junk pile. Took him through his dining room. Said, see that table and chairs? And the man said it was nice furniture. Said, I got that out of the junk. Said, nearly everything you see in this house come from the junk pile. Oh, you don't understand what I'm preaching to you. But one of these days, when we stand in the heavenly world and gaze upon those rare gems that dazzle the eyes of man when we look on the beauty and glory of the redeemed church of God and ask where did they come from brother we all came out of the junk pile amen you may not have been as deep as I am you may drive a better car you may dress in better clothes but if you're saved tonight you come out of the same junk pile I came out of, but I got my life into the hands of the master builder and he changed my life oh glory don't hi hat me I know where you came from yeah you was in the junk pile too hallelujah today brother Strickler asked how many was delivered from alcohol and there was hands went up alcoholics that had been delivered. If we would ask tonight concerning cigarettes, alcohol, amen, illicit sex, 
all of the vices of the world we would get hands lifted all over this congregation if we would be honest but let me tell you that's the kind of material that Jesus said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it the reason I'm here preaching to you tonight it's none of my own holiness it's none of my own righteousness it's no goodness of my own but one night I came forward put my life in the hand of Jesus and he's taken this old broken vessel and molded it and made it into a vessel of honor sanctified it and made it meet for the master's use as we walk down through the galleries of heaven and see those beautiful gems Lord, where did you get that strange jewel so bright that it dazzles the eyes as if they were looking on a new sunrise? Oh, you don't know? That's Mary Magdalene, out of whom I cast seven devils. <laughs> hey, man, that's her. Oh, you don't recognize that one? That's that poor old leper that come out and cried one day, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Amen. You don't recognize that one? That's that little crook by the name of Zacchaeus that climbed the sycamore tree one day to see who I was. And that day I went home with him. Oh, yes, they're in my firmament forever. Listen now. You know, preaching the gospel, this glorious gospel, it, uh, it requires some skill. Amen. Sometimes it requires a little psychology. But whenever you do all that you know to do, then we must turn every sinner over to the hands of Jesus. I remember pastoring in a certain church about the time those mini skirts was out. Anybody ever have to fight them besides me? Oh, yeah. Well, I did. I had to fight them. Because if I didn't, they would have came right on into the church. I took a definite stand against them. Well, I was preaching one day over the radio, something like Brother Daughtry was preaching today. I was preaching on marriage and divorce and remarriage and what the bible has to say about it well that's a touchy subject but i was preaching it anyhow over the radio i'll not go into the details of the sermon but i did not know that out there in my listening audience in an automobile speeding across the large city was a man and a woman who had been separated for several months he had been living with another woman she had been living alone and he had come back into the city and they were on their way to a divorce lawyer to talk to him about getting a divorce I didn't know they were out there they didn't know who I was but through the divine providence of God Almighty they turned that radio on and heard me preaching on marriage and divorce and remarriage they listened at the conclusion of the message they stopped at a phone and called and asked for an audience with me asked to speak to me I met them at the church Lord I'll never forget it this boy walked in his hair was way down here long black hair looked like well you know what he must have looked like and that woman came in, and I will call her a lady, though it is a stretch of the imagination. She had on a little old skirt that wouldn't even hardly make a blouse long enough. And uh, coming up her legs had some kind of stuff looked like a fishnet running all the way up her legs. And she, they walked in and said, Preacher, we heard you preaching on marriage and divorce. And they told the story. We was on our way. Way to, to talk to a divorce lawyer but we thought we better talk to you first 
the first thing hit my mind is I've had enough trouble with this kind of stuff already and I don't need no more of this in my church I'm having a hard enough time holding a standard the way it is so I quickly took them in my office I gave them a scripture I said now there it is you make up your own mind I'll see you later and they went on I wasn't expecting them to show up Sunday morning went and got that long hair chopped off but the master builder had already done his work in the heart who do you think become my organist in that church and my radio soloist on that same program they heard me preaching it was that woman with the fishnets what I'm trying to tell you Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost oh hallelujah he's the master builder he's more the crooked, he's wanting the twisted, he's wanting the rotty, amen, he's looking for the cast off, if you'll put your life in his hands tonight, he'll put you in the church, and when he gets through with the church, he said it'll be a glorious church, it will not have a spot or wrinkle, but a holy church without a blemish in it, when he gets through with it, glory. I know where you came from. Hallelujah. I know why you're here. Amen. Listen to me. I'm going to try to hurry and close. But oh, Paul said in his writings to the church at Corinth, he said these words, praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, he said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not, you hear me, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Somebody said, I don't think you got a right to preach like that. Well, it's in this book. He said, Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. You little sissified boys with your little twisted hair and the gold chain around your neck, twisting and mincing as you go. If you don't make a change, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You'll not get in the kingdom of God. The effeminate shall not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Brother, that closes out the homosexuals. Amen. Those perverted beasts. Amen. Shuts them out of the kingdom of God. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Looks like the kingdom of God. Shut up, don't it? But wait a minute, let's read the next verse. And such were some of you. I said some of you. Some of you. And such were some of you. But now ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by his spirit. Oh, hallelujah. The master builder knows how to change your life. Woo. Oh, glory. I'm looking now, and such were some of you. Such was Don Rich. Oh, but now I'm washed. Now I'm sanctified. Now I'm justified. Here, Bill, Dad, one of Job's comforters, say, Amen. How? Behold the heavens, 
and the stars and the moon, they're not pure in his sight. How much more is a man who is a worm? How can man be justified in his sight? I'll tell you how, Mr. Bill, Dad. He's got to come to that fountain that's filled with blood. Turn from Emmanuel's veins. And when he plunges beneath that flood, he loses all his guilty stain. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and of death. We were having service one Sunday morning in my home church where I was saved at. That day, while we were making the transaction between Sunday school and between the Sunday school and the main worship service, Grover City, California, where I was saved, the doors come open and in walked staggering a little old man ragged dirty and he made his way did not stop at a pew but he come all the way staggering down the aisles and stopped at the altar we could tell he was very intoxicated the smell and the stench of the gutter was upon him. We prayed with him for a while. He was trying to pray for he told us, said, I'm tired of being a wino. Tired of being a wino. So we were praying with him. Pastor's a good man, but he made a mistake that morning. Told a couple of the men, said, get him up from the altar. I'm getting ready to preach that he's too drunk to pray. So they got him up and set him on the pew. Listen to the preacher preach about five minutes. And then he staggered back out the door, down the aisle and back out the door. My brother was there and he happened to look back about that time. My brother motioned for me. And we went back and caught the little man outside. And he told us that I got a little place and it was a terrible place where he slept he said I've been a wino for many many years just a drunk a wino we started talking to him about his soul had a little building there next to the church we took him inside that building and we got to praying with that old drunk tell you the truth it was pretty hard putting your arm around him praying for him for he was belching repulsive odors coming from him from his body it was hard to pray with him but the master builder saw something he saw something I couldn't see so we prayed on he belched he rolled after a while God sobered him up I don't know how God did it but you could tell when he began to talk plainly that God was doing something for him. We prayed with him, and about the time folks got out of church, some joined us in prayer. It wasn't long till that old man had found redemptive grace in the eyes of the Lord. We took him home with us that day. We didn't know him, Sister Rich and I. We, we were both young. We took him home with us that day. Now, I don't believe in working on Sunday, but it's all right to do good on the Sabbath. And so we, I set me up a little homemade barber shop. And while Sister Richard getting everything on the table, I began to clean him up and call one of the brothers from the church that's about his size. And he come up and brought some of his clothes. We got that old dirty man in the shower. The Lord done cleaned him up on the inside, and we was cleaning him up on the outside. Scrubbed him up, gave him a homemade haircut, and shaved him and put clean clothes on him. Brought him in and set him down to the table. And if that had been all there was to it, 
just to watch that old man eat and sigh and say, oh, I hadn't had a meal like this. I can't remember when I've ever ate a meal like this. That would have been enough. He told us about his life, how he'd spent his life wandering from place to place, many times being knocked out on alcohol for weeks at a time, not even knowing where he was at. Found out he lived in just a little teardrop trailer, very small trailer, down behind the store. They let him park it down there, way down on the back end of town. Well, that he got sleepy sitting there at the table. So I took him in and put him down on my own bed. Amen. And let him sleep there for a while. We got him up that night and took him to church. Folks was a looking. Who is that? Who, 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 who's that man that's with you, Brother Rich? I said, it's that old man that was down here at the altar uh, this morning. That's him right there. Well, time went on. Told me one day, he said, Brother Don, I can't read nor write, but I wished I had a Bible. Would you get me a Bible? said, I wouldn't know my name if I saw it. But he said, I wish you would get me a Bible. I said, all right, I'll get you a Bible. Paul, I said, I said to myself, now, if he can't read nor write, the cheapest one I can get him will do him just as much good as an expensive one. Amen. Just get him a cheap one. But as I started to get that Bible, something spoke to me and said, you ought to get him one like you'd like to have. I'd be a Thompson chain. And back then it's $25. That same Bible's over 50, I believe now. But I went and I bought him that Thompson chain and took by that little trailer to him. Let me see your Bible there, man. And oh, that first night he walked into the church holding that Bible up high so everybody could see. I got every bit of my money back right then and much, much more. But he took that Bible he could not read out of. He went back down that street in those same old gutters where he used to lay and hauled that Thompson chain Bible up and down those streets telling those people what God had done for him. He lived in that little trailer. My sister-in-law took him a hot meal every day. Some of you think there's nothing to do in the church. Let me tell you something. There's more to do than we'll ever get done. Amen. My sister-in-law fixed that man a hot meal every day. Take it and leave it at a designated place and pick up the empty plate. Back and forth. Back and forth. He'd come to church carrying that Thompson chain Bible. But one day my sister-in-law took his meal to him and the meal she brought the day before was still there. She became a little worried. She meant to say something to my brother and forgot it. Next day she went back to take another meal and the one she brought the day before was there. So she contacted my brother. He came in and tried to get in the trailer. It was locked and finally called the police. They broke the door down. Bring me that chair right there, son. They broke the door in and just set it right there. When they broke the door in, they looked and saw that old man. He was in a kneeling position down at a chair. They soon discovered that he was a corpse. But when they lifted that old man up, clutched to his bosom, was that Thompson chain Bible. Let me tell you something. I believe somewhere in the heavenly world, in the church, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. That old man will shine like a rare jewel in a gem because he got his life into the hands of Jesus. If your life is messed up tonight, if sin has wrecked and ruined you, if it's splintered you, if it's twisted you, if it's caused you to be rotten to the core, let me tell you, you're the kind Jesus is looking for tonight to build his church out of. You're the kind of material. I've got to close. Hallelujah. Glory. His church is going to bear his image. You know that? 
Amen. As that first Eve was taken out of the side of Adam and become that first Adam's Eve, even so the church, the bride of Jesus Christ, whom he purchased with his own blood, whenever they took that spear and thrust it into his side, and there flowed water and blood, he purchased his church, bought it right then, paid the price for all the material that goes in the church right then. He paid the full price for the sinner. Oh, glory. We will bear his image. Amen. We'll be like him. Oh, the 139th Psalm says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Come here, little fella. Come here, Brother Rich. Help me preach a little bit. Hallelujah. Boy, when you look at this child, isn't he a handsome little fella? But did you know that he's fearfully and wonderfully made? How is he so fearfully made? Because, please take no offense, but these little hands have the potential of becoming a killer's hands. You hear me? That's the fearful part about it. This little body has the potential of being a drug addict or alcoholic. That's the fearful part. Not only that, but it's fearful to think that that little heart that pumps, that carries blood by the gallons through this body daily could stop at a moment's time. That's fearful. But oh, not only is he fearfully made, but he is wonderfully made. For he has the potential of becoming a son of God. He has the potential of being in the church that Jesus is building. And these little precious feet, let me see that foot. Amen, that walks on this carpet tonight has the potential of walking on streets of gold. As a matter of fact, this child right here, oh, he has the potential of becoming an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ and shining as a rare jewel and a star in the firmament of God forever. Oh, thank God. Amen. Every one of us has the potential of going to hell, but we also have the potential of making heaven our home. Hallelujah. Living on forever and ever and ever. Yes, Jesus saved me too. How was a sister Milliken over here knew me before I was ever married. That's been a long time ago. Yes, I'm not going to tell you how long ago, and I know she won't, but it's been a long time ago. You probably didn't know when you looked at me what Jesus could make out of this old boy, and I'm still not much. Oh, but God, oh, while others looked at the old, little old boy that could not get coordinated, I couldn't even take a bat and hit a ball. Nobody wanted me on their team because I always struck out when I went to school. I couldn't get coordinated in any way. But one day the master builder, amen, my brother looked at me when I tried to work on a car. I guess that's the reason I can't do anything. Say, give me those wrenches. You're all thumbs. Shove me back out of the way. Nobody seemed to have time for me. But one day the master builder looked down and so, old Don Rich, I don't have many treasures in this world, but oh, brother, when I get to the other side, there'll be souls there that I've won preaching the word of God in the kingdom of God. I know I'm not perfect yet, but I'm headed for perfection. You hear me? The master builder's got me. Hallelujah. He's making something out of me. Stories told of an atheist and a Christian 
going across the city. The atheist was a barber by trade. As they passed through the ghettos, as Christian was telling this man what all God could do with humanity. The atheist looked at those old drunks and the off-scouring of the world He said, if God's such a good God can do so much, why don't he do something with those sinners? So he must not be much of a God. They went on a little farther and coming out of the shadows, as the story goes, came an old shaggy-haired, long-bearded man. The Christian said to the barber, you must not be a very good barber. Oh, he said, I'm one of the best. He said, well, if you was really a good barber, that man wouldn't look like that. He said, now, wait a minute. Don't you judge my barbering by the way that man looks. He said, if that man will set himself down in my chair for one hour, submit himself to me, let me work on him, I'll make a different looking man out of him. And the Christian said, remember those sinners we saw? Said if they'll put themselves in the hands of God, he'll make something out of them. And so that's what happened to me. Brother Paul, I put my hands in that I put my life into the hands of God. And I'm not perfected as yet, but I'm going my way to perfection. I want to tell us and try to close. The story is told in the country of England that there was a child born into a very wealthy, wealthy family. When he was born, he had a twisted, contorted body. His family kept him in the shadows, didn't want nobody to see him. Afraid he'd bring a reproach on the family name, kept him back hid. In the, in the backstage somewhere. But according to the story, when he becomes 16 years of age, they finally decided, after all, he is our son. Let's do something for him. We never have done anything for him. Got him in. He come walking in with his twisted, contorted body. Brought him in, and they told him, said, Son, you're 16. We want to do something for you. We've got plenty of money. What's your desire? He said, you really want to do something for me? They said, yes. He said, I want you to get a sculptor and let him make a statue out of marble that looks just like me. Mom and Daddy said, oh, no. That will bring a reproach on this family here with you, with your twisted, contorted body. He said, make that statue and put it in the courtyard. He said, oh, no. He said, I want you to do it. If I can't have that, I don't want anything. But said, you tell that sculptor, do not make that statue with a twisted, contorted body. Make it the same height I would be if I could stand up straight and tall. Make it like I would be if I could stand without a twisted limb or a twisted arm. Make it where it would be the same height with my image and my likeness. They said, no, you can't have it. Send him back to his room. Every day they'd pass by, they'd see him. Try to offer him something. Said, that's the only thing I want. So finally they decided to give him his heart's desire. The story says they called in a sculptor. He took the boy and looked at his twisted body, stretched him out and measured him the best that he could, went to work sculpturing a piece of marble into that boy's image and likeness of his face, only standing him tall and straight. Finally, the statue was completed. And standing out in the courtyard with the image of the boy who had been in the shadows was a statue of that boy standing tall, straight, not a twisted limb, not a twisted arm. And they left it there in the courtyard. The parents noticed that every day that boy would bring his twisted, contorted body and drag it to that statue and take a hold of it and pull himself up as high as he could, then turn and drag himself back into the house. Day after day after day, they watched him every day, 
One day the mother said to the father, said, look, I believe he's standing a little higher than he used to stand. I believe he's a little bit taller, can pull himself up a little farther than he used to could pull himself up. According to the story on his 21st birthday, they watched him as he went out to the statue, took a hold of that statue and kept pulling himself up higher and higher and higher until he stood erect and looked at the statue eye to eye face to face well let me tell you something i am not perfected yet but every camp meeting i attend every convention i come to every message i preach every time i bow my knees in prayer i'm pulling myself up a little higher and a little higher and a little higher and one of these days beloved it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. He gave us some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and to the full measure of the stature of the Son of God. I'm going to be like Him. Amen. I'm on my way. Hallelujah. All because I got my life into the hands of the Master Builder. Some of you, your life of sin, most all of you, your life of sin had you blocked from the kingdom of God. When I look at... Uh, Sister Prescott, I'm looking at her right now. Heard her testimony since she was raised in a holiness home, and I know she was. You know, she probably never went out and did a lot of bad things, but heard her testimony. Said, "Oh, in my heart, in my heart, Amen. There was evil desires, Amen. I may not say it exactly like you said it, but I remember your testimony, Amen. She said there was desires to do these things. She had to be changed." She had to come to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. But you can. You say, the Lord won't, won't want anything to do with me. You're the kind he's looking for. Say, yeah, but Brother Rich, you don't know I was sinning right before I came into this church. Yes, but the master builder's looking for you. If you was whole, you don't need a physician. If you was righteous, he did not come to call you. He come to call sinners to repentance. Whatever heads bowed. Hallelujah. Oh, sweet lamb. I feel like the Lord wants to save somebody here tonight. You want to be in the church that Jesus is building. You know you can never live good enough. You can never do enough good deeds to fit into this church. For all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. But Jesus can make something out of you. Whew. Hallelujah. Is there one you'd lift your hand? Say, preacher, I realize I'm not saved tonight. But I do want to be in that church that Jesus is building. Would you lift your hand quickly? Right now, raise that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Are there others you lift your hand? Say, preacher man, I want to be in that church that Jesus is building. I'm not right in the sight of God, but I want to get right. Would you lift that hand quickly? Hurry, raise it up. Put it right back down again. Come on. After all, Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came to save sinners. And Paul said he was chief. 
Is there one that will lift your hand? Another one? Say, Brother Rich, he's preaching to me tonight. I'm not right. I know there's something in me. Amen. That's not right. But I do want to be in the church. Please remember me in prayer. Lift that hand quickly. Put it right back down again hurriedly now. I'm waiting. God's talking to somebody. Pray with me, church, for just a moment. Father in heaven, I've preached a little message you've laid upon my heart to preach. Oh, of your wonderful transforming power. How you can take a life of sin and change it and mold it over. Take this message. Pierce the heart of the lost. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe there's others here. We're getting ready to sing a verse of song. With from God now I'm coming home.